Attention, please. The show starts in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Good afternoon. Welcome to another Right Fit Podcast. I'm your host, Daryl Jacobs. Join me every Friday noon Eastern time with decision makers in collegiate athletics and professional sports. Well, joining me today is the newly appointed Vice President and Director of Athletics at Morgan State University, Ms. Dina Freeman Patton. Dina, welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks for having me. Well, let me congratulate you, first of all, on your new role at Morgan State University. And, you know, before we get started with the Q&A, briefly talk about your journey in collegiate athletics? Well, I started um, as a student athlete um, at Liberty University. I played women's basketball, Division I women's basketball at Liberty University and knew then that I wanted to work in college athletics. Um, I did a, a, a small internship in the compliance office um, where they did the wrong thing by giving me the Title IX manual in that office and I was a women's basketball player. So better believe everything that the men's team got, we got after that. But, <laughs> but I started realizing that that's where I wanted to be. And that's what I enjoyed. Um, ended up getting a graduate assistantship at Georgia state university um, out of college where I was got my master's in sports administration. Um, that took me to a full-time job there in academic support. So I spent most of my career in academics uh, student services, life skills, um, from Georgia State to NC State, where I started working with the football program and women's basketball there. Left there to go to University of Maryland, back home for a little stint um, for about two years, and then actually back to Georgia State, where I think I really was able to take off as an athletics administrator um, I went back right before we started football there. Um, I oversaw, I was an a assistant athletics director and oversaw the whole academic support program. Um, got promoted, was there for seven years, um, ended up becoming a sports supervisor for women's soccer before I left. But because of the, the great work um, we had done with academics and with men's basketball, especially um, in my relationships with uh, basketball coaches, especially Coach Rod Barnes. Um, I transitioned from Georgia State to Cal State Bakersfield. Now, it took them three years to get me to go there. Uh, but um, once I met uh, a couple of the administrators, I met Ziggy Siegfried, um, who was a, a number two at the time. Tim Duncan introduced us at one of his um, – professional development events. It was called Emerging Administrators. And um, I was one of the speakers there along with Zicky. So he went back to Coach Barnes and said, look, we got to get this girl. We got to get this woman over here to, to Bakersfield. And so Jeff Konya, who was the AD at the time, brought me in for an interview. And that's where I became an associate athletics director. And then when Ziggy got the full-time job, I was deputy. So it was kind of, you know, um, a lot of it was about relationships 
but also who, you know, what I did and, and people speaking highly of me to others and other spaces that kind of got me to the point where I was able to move up um, as being after being a deputy um, at Bakersfield and then at the University of New Orleans um, for a couple of years. I was a deputy and I oversaw men's basketball and oversaw our facilities and operations. Um, so I got the other side of things right that an athletics director needs. Um, because I was on the academic side at first, you kind of get pigeonheld a little bit um, and folks believing whether you can be an athletics director or not. And so when I went to UNO, um, I was overseeing everything, the budget, the you know capital projects, um, and making sure that I had oversight of men's basketball. Um, from there, I uh, got the call for my first athletics director job at Cal State Dominguez Hills. Um was ready to go. I was there for a year. Things were going great. And um, I actually got a text from said Tim Duncan. Um, <laughs> once Ed announced that he was leaving, he sent me a text. He said, so Morgan stayed or too soon? Um, and, you know, for me, it was tough. Sometimes I'm loyal to a fault. And um, it took me a minute to think about it. And I'm like, what am I thinking, why am I thinking about this? This is a no brainer for me. Um, and so I went ahead and uh, applied for the job and went through the interview process. And now I'm the vice president and athletics director at Morgan State University. Well, you know, we, we talk about journeys and you know, all that stuff. And, we, and we'll talk about the uh, interview process you mm -hmm. went through um, for the job at Morgan State University. But now in your new role, what will athletics look like at Morgan State University? Well, one, we need to live up to our name, right? We're a, considered a national treasure. Um, and so I think we're headed already really close and headed in that direction on the academic side of campus. Um, our president and myself, when we're ready for the athletic side to hit that um, national prominence, right? And so I um, my goal is to have a thriving Division I athletics program, um, winning championships, um, and providing that support for our student-athletes to achieve their dreams. And so for me, um, it's seeing where we're at, taking it you know, from where Ed Scott left off because um, he had to come in here and clean up some things and, and fix some stuff. And so we're in a great position to now move forward and, and thrive as an athletics department. Talk about, you know, I always thought Morgan State University was a sleeping giant. You know, I, I always felt that way. Um, you know, I can, you know, at times I would wonder why football and basketball not doing well there. You're, you're in a mm -hmm. great area. You know, there's so much competition um, in the area in terms of recruiting. A lot of Division One schools. And for those who are listening and watching, you know, Morgan State University is a HBCU, um, which has a great reputation. Talk about your transition from a student athlete at the Division One level. You hit upon it briefly into athletic administration. Talk a little bit about that more in depth. So um, as a student athlete, um, you know, you get exposed to certain things and, and you get to see the athletics department. And um, I actually went into college as a finance major. So I had no intention of working um, in college sports at that point when I first went in. 
Um, but I did a couple of internships while in college um, in that sector and realized I'm good at it, but I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. So I did an internship. Um, I actually did an internship for uh, the Baltimore Stallions, which is a, a Canadian football league team that when um, the CFL expanded into the United States. Well, that's that's the name from the past. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> And I realized that I wanted to work in sports. Like I did it for free and loved it. And so I was like, I definitely can get paid to do this. Um, and so I started being intentional even then with trying to get experiences um, in the industry to, you know, determine where I wanted to go and how I wanted to work in college athletics. Um, I knew I didn't want to be a coach at the time and, I am actually a coach's administrator, but I knew that that wasn't my calling. Um, but I, I'm mentor to a lot of coaches today, but I knew coming out of college that coaching wasn't going to be me. And so I wanted to be in administration. Um, and so then that that's when I made the decision that I wanted to go back and get my master's degree and then um, work, get my foot in the door, essentially, um, in college administration. Well, that's smart. You you did not go the coaching route like we did, and you know we, <laughs> now a lot of the coaches now are leaving coaching, and they're talking about mm -hmm. transitioning using those transitional skills mm -hmm. to get to athletic administration. So we'll we'll talk a little bit about that as well. You recently, as we just said at the top of the telecast, you just got to Morgan State University, mm -hmm. and there was an interview process. Talk to a lot of the coaches who are part of Rising Coaches and around the country and around the world that actually watch this podcast in regards to getting information from athletic directors mm -hmm. as yourself. Talk about the process you just went through to become the AD and the vice president at Morgan State University. Um, talk about that and, and, and share some of those nuggets that's going to be very helpful for them. Right, right. So um, there was a search firm um, that... I had this job and, and also we used the same search firm to hire our football coach. So um, that was Renaissance Search. Um, I was contacted by the search firm um, to, to gauge my interest in the job. Um, and essentially what happens is that you get nominated by people, right? When a job opens and a search firm has it, some people do apply because they see the job or there's a posting, but in most cases, there's a nomination process, so meaning other folks are nominating you and saying, I think this person will be great for the job. And so um, I was nominated by a couple of folks and um, reached out to uh, by, by Herb Courtney. And initially, I, I wasn't sure because I was a year in, I was already a sitting AD. I didn't want to go through an application process, so to speak, um, because when you're in the chair, you, you got to be careful about those type of things. Um, and so I, I had to think about it. It only took about 24 hours for me to think about <laughs> it. I had to think about it. Um, and so when I got uh, started going through the process, it's become a lot more uh, condensed. So it, it was a quick process in a sense to where... Um, when you have a search firm, the search firm gathers the names, takes the recommended recommended names that they think would fit the job to the search committee and to the um, the hiring manager. 
And so for me, my process was a little different because I was a sitting AD and they treated sitting ADs differently. I wasn't the only one in the pool, but because um, we are sitting ADs, before we actually go through search committee process, hiring process, we had the opportunity to meet with the hiring manager, which is president in this case. And so um, we had an initial conversation to gauge whether, you know, there's a fit on either side, because uh, to me, leadership matters um, in any job that I take. And um, so I met with the president, realized it was fit. I still was interested. He was still interested. And so then we went through the process um, of search. So I, I did a, a lot of this on Zoom. So I met the president on Zoom. I met with the search committee on Zoom and then um, made it to the final round of, I believe, believe it was three candidates um, that were invited to campus um, and did a, an on-person, on-campus visit and got to meet several other folks, including student-athletes, which um, was the best part of my student-athletes and students on campus, uh, was the best part of my uh, interview trip. Um, then after that, you, you get you wait a little while and, and you get a call. And um, so I got the call, um, ironically, and, and for me, you know, I, I believe in God and I believe in, in things happening the way they're supposed to happen. I got the call on the day of the anniversary of my dad's passing. He passed away two years ago um, and to, to basically come back home. So Morgan, as you know, for me is home. Um, this is the first campus that I stepped foot on as a teenager in high school um, and my exposure to college. So to come back 30 years and, and um, have that opportunity was was amazing. Well, you know, your steps were ordered. You know, they, they have been ordered. And, you know, going out to California, uh, Dominguez was just a step in the process to get you in that chair, I mm -hmm. believe, and then take you somewhere where we call you say you call home. Um, it's amazing. You can go somewhere 30 years ago and don't know what that foreshadowing is and then right. end up where it is. And, you know, I've been in that situation a lot um, as well. So now I do believe there's divine interventions, of course, as well. You you hit upon it a little bit about how condensed the process was. Mm -hmm. Talk about, you know, over the last five years, you've seen how has the interview process changed and particularly for the hiring to say for head coaches, because we, you know, we have a lot of coaches that watch the show, but particularly for head coaches, how has this process really yeah. changed? It's, quicker. Yeah. it's quicker for coaches than it is for administrators and it's quick for us. And so there's a trend of using search firms more. Um, and then the search firms try to, you know, dwindle that number down as quick as possible and get through the process as quick as possible. Because, you know, as you, there's a lot to do once you get that job, you got to come in and recruit. And in our situation, we had to hire a um, football coach and it was already late in the game um, and we had to do it quickly. And so um, it's it's changed in that respects to where you just you got to be ready to go. Um, it's not a whole lot of, you know, time to think and, and, and figure out stuff. You got to be ready, ready to go. And so um, I think a lot is now being done virtually. Um as opposed to in person, um, we've I've hired several staff members and coaches without even meeting them in person, um, and so that's happening more often now. Um, where you have and it saves money, then it saves you money. 
Say it again. Money. It saves money. Oh, it saves money, definitely. But it's also, you know, we're in that space now. Right, right. Um, I did my whole interview for Dominguez Hills virtually. I did it. I did my on campus all virtually, like a whole day <laughs> of interviews from 9 to 7 p.m. all on a Zoom um, because campus wasn't open at the time. But I think we're starting to utilize now, knowing that we can utilize those things and save money and not bring folks in. Um, it also helps in, um, I think, bringing people to campus. Um, obviously, once you get to campus, there's not a lot of confidentiality right. in the process. And so that's changed as well, where there's a lot more confidentiality, attempt at confidentiality in these processes. Well, you know, um, with, you know, with the um, advent of doing Zoom interviews now, I often tell candidates, there's no way you should do bad interview. You can have cheat notes all around <laughs> your space and all that kind of stuff. You could be very impressive as mm-hmm. well. So I said, there's no reason why you should not do an effective job when interviewing, especially particularly on Zooms or right. whatever platform it is um, as well. So. Let's take a commercial break. I got I got to pay some bills here. They, you know, we, you know, this is a great show, but I do have bills to pay. <laughs> and you know, we'll come right back. You're listening, watching the right fit. The right fit podcast is brought to you by Rising Coaches Search and Consulting. Tired of spending what seems like all of your time and budget filling coaching vacancies? Let Rising Coaches Search and Consulting handle your next coaching search. Our process is simple. We identify, vet, and recruit a talented and diverse group of professionals that fits your institution's profile, all for a low price that we guarantee will beat our competitions. Plus, all of your searches will be handled by former coaches, meaning we will get the best possible insight on all of your candidates, and you'll get the perspective that only a former coach could provide. For testimonials, a full client list, or more information, please visit risingcoaches.com. Welcome back to The Right Fit. I'm your host, Daryl Jacobs. Today, I happen to have, and very fortunate to have, the Vice President and Director of Athletics at Morgan State University, Dina Freeman-Pat. And of course, we're talking about all things Right Fit. With the interview process, there's always do's and don'ts. Mm-hmm. So give me two do's and two don'ts when interviewing. And these are probably your pet yeah. peeves. <laughs> well, one of them um, I had to learn myself, um, and I, I'll talk about the do's. Um, excuse me. Knowing what the university needs, I think that's important. Sorry, my allergies are getting me. Give me that's okay. <clears throat> I think if you talk more about what you can do for the university and not necessarily what you have done in the past, then they can envision you in that seat. Right. So I would always talk about, um, you know, everything I did this, I did X, Y, and Z, and, but they want to hear what you're going to do for them. What you know about the university and what you're going to do for them. Um, another do is show your personality. When you get to the interview process, at that point, everybody's qualified. It's about fit at that point. And it's about how you connect to the hiring manager and how you connect to that university. 
the don'ts, I would say <laughs> do not ramble um, and answer the question because I've had some situations where um, coaches or staff would say a lot of stuff, but they never got to the point of answering the question that was asked. And then more so um, don't defend. You know, sometimes um, candidates will defend their right to be there instead of being confident and and talk about um, and, and act like they deserve to be there. And, you know, act like they they already know they're supposed to be there instead of defending and um, be more positive um, in in your delivery. Trends. You know, you're the first female athletic director at Morgan State University in their rich history. And the reason why I say that, because it's, mm-hmm. tr- it's, it's trending. Everything is trending mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. with more hiring of more women, um, particularly women of color as well. Talk about, are there any industry trends you think people should stay abreast of that you see coming? I think there are um, mental health professionals within college athletics is a trend. Um, with all that's going on, we're putting a lot more attention on our student athletes' mental health, our staff mental health, coaches' mental health, um, and there are more positions being created within the athletics department and within universities for that. Um, I, I think there, you know, obviously there's a trend of, um, as you say, uh, you know, more black females being hired or we're hot right now, I guess. But um, but also there's a trend of more uh, uh, diversity and inclusion and equity positions being created in professional sports spaces and also college athletic spaces. Um, and so I, th- I think those are, have become more more so over the past few years, especially what, what happened with George, George Floyd and and what's going on um, in our society. And you just hit upon something right there. With those trends, you talked about those job opportunities. Are there any more job opportunities that you see on the horizon besides mental health professions? You know, you're dealing with the name, image, and likeness. Are there any other job opportunities you may see coming? Um, And be careful, because if you mention something, you start (laughs) getting calls because, you know, people are looking for jobs and and they're going to start probably bombarding you. But are there any job opportunities that you see coming down the pipe potentially? Well, I think um, there are some some changes in, in jobs and changes in industry, so to speak, meaning um, communications, for example. Um, there's long gone are just SIDs, right? Um, that more departments are needing a, a full-on communications person um, that would help um, basically be um, an advisor to the athletics director in a sense um, or to other people to deal with some of the things um, that we're dealing with in college athletics. Um, we've got um, changes happening in, you know, the NCA structure. Um, Transformation Committee is working on some stuff. And I think that's probably <laughs> welcome, pretty much welcome. Um, thing they hear, you know, especially. So that will change some things and in, in, in some positions um, as we move forward. I think sports medicine is changing, and um, I think they're going. We're going through some challenges right now initially, but I think coming out of that, we'll have more um, 
holistic wellness type positions as well with nutrition, um, dietitians and things like that, um, that'll be available. But then there's also, you know, different types of administrative positions um, that are coming out of this, um, whether, especially with all the capital projects going on and, and things like that, that um, there's definitely opportunities for, for us, we're, we're looking to grow. And so um, there's position and, and folks like me need help. Right. So um, I'm actually hiring an executive <laughs> administrative assistant. Uh, now, that's that, big time. That's big time. That is, that is an time. important position. That's right? a very that's, important position. That's an important position. It was funny. I was spoiled when I was at Dominguez. And when I left, I, I met with my um, former uh, administrative assistant and and we were talking about search firms and things like that. They were, we were like, there should be the search firms to start um we're getting into that space to where they can help pair an administrative assistant with the athletics director or one with a president um, of a university because it, it is a, a partnership um, and it has to be a match. Um, and so, <laughs> yeah, they're the ones that know where all the bones are. Bad. Exactly. They don't know everything. They're going to be everything. your right hand person. A- absolutely. Oftentimes I get asked, about differentiators, you know, when mm-hmm. people are interviewed, with, you know, most people say, hey, how can I differentiate myself uh, from other candidates, you know, doing the interview process or seeking a job opportunity? Are there, are there anything that you can share um, as dif- differentiators, yeah. particularly during the interview process? In other words, they want to stand out. You mentioned personality right, right, right. and often tell people that's the first step. You know, I can walk into a room when I got an interview. That was it. I, yeah. I, I'm going to be very personable and just be who right. I am. Right. As well. But and, and are there first any you other gotta know, Yeah, where you're interviewing, you know, right. and, and before you go in, you know, do your research and know that if there's a fit. And if that fit is you, you have to um, amplify that fit essentially and focus on those things that make you fit for that place because everybody's done the 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 skills and the duties and all of that other stuff. But the AD or the president has to see you and envision you in the seat, right? So in that job, and if they can picture you, so if you can paint the picture of this is what I would be and how I would look in this job, and somebody can see that, um, then you've already uh, distinguished yourself. But you can also, if there there's some, you know, um, I some thoughts about who you should get to call on your behalf and things like that. Um, You have to be very strategic with those type of things. But um, for me, it did help. Um, And part of that was me doing my research, understanding, uh, making sure that they understand that I can fundraise. Who's the best person to to make sure or to to speak on my behalf for that? to make sure that they understand, I know that I understand football and can hire a football coach, right? Um, uh, making sure that they understand that I'm uh, familiar with the NCA and, and been in that process. I had people to speak on my behalf to those certain things that I knew were important. You know, somebody to speak to conference alignment, yeah. you know, all of those things. Um, but I, I think... In the end, you have to be who you are, um, be yourself, and make sure that they can see that and make sure it's the right fit. 
Um, otherwise, n- neither one are you going to be happy. Um, but I think that that helped me. Right. It's always good when I hear somebody said the right fit on this show. That means my probing and questions uh, were very good when they say right fit. You know, so I often tell differentiators sometimes, you know, especially with coaches, I say, you know what, talk about the strategic plan, whether there's an athletic department, the strategic plan or a university. Strategic plan. Like I said, a lot of coaches don't hit on that. Um, mm-hmm. and I said, that's a differentiator sometimes when you go in, because that's lets them know you're not just engaged dealing with athletics only, but now you're talking about the overall plan and right. how you may fit in. How does the program fit into the, uh, you know, strategic plan? So you right. know, I just or try plan to- in general, Absolutely. just have a plan. Right. So, I mean, one of the things that stood out with Coach Wilson was that he already knew our situation. He knew who was in the portal, who was not, who could be in the portal to come our way, who was in the portal trying to get out and um, and understood the landscape already and was able to articulate that. And that was the differentiator. And that's a great point to point out about you know Coach Wilson. My last question. Now, I love this one. This is the one I enjoy the most. Word association. I say a person, place or thing or whatever you say, the first thing that comes to mind, all right? Be more, in other words, Baltimore. <laughs> Dina. <laughs> <laughs> Liberty University. Um, growth. Family. My heart. And finally, Morgan State University. National Treasure. Dina Freeman Patton, thank you for joining me this afternoon. I want to thank the viewers and listeners for tuning in as well. Join me next Friday with another great guest here on The Right Fit. Until then, please stay healthy, stay safe, and have a wonderful weekend.